Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. The 24 hours of the day, it's great to work hard. You got to work hard. But past a certain point, if you're the fastest durable on the treadmill, uh, chances are you're not going to be the longest living gerbil like on the that. treadmill. You know what I'm saying? I like that. At at, uh, at Wharton, uh, they used to say, like, you don't have to outswim the shark. You just have to outswim your other classmates. Right. Yeah. And uh, I used to, uh, uh, you know, in training uh, our teams to, to go into recruiting, training, building, opening offices, it's like, you know, with the 24 hours in the day, most people are, they fall into these rocking chair activities. And I said, the trouble with the rock, you know, it's kind of like sell, make a sale, spend the money, make a sale, spend the money, make a sale. And then you have a contest. It's like, make, make a sale, but spend, make, spend, make, spend, make, spend, make. You, you, you're, you, you're, I said, rocking chair activities give you something to do, but they never take you anywhere. And the idea is if you're always on this frantic gerbil uh, treadmill, uh, you don't get a chance to think. And I bet when you got shut down, you really evaluated your life and came out of that tunnel with a whole different approach. Would that be fair? That would be fair. And it wasn't just build, you know, how many more houses, how many more buildings can I restore and build? It's just like, what kind of life can I have? And so how did it, how did you evolve and move on? The uh, idea to execution, because that's really how you get uh, learning how to execute, learning what the priorities are and pinpointing, spending your energy on, you know, focused activity, the activity to give you the results you want, has everything to do with being able to uh, have less doing. So uh, is that where that book came from? Idea to execution. No, idea to execution was the was the the story of the virtual assistant company that we built, uh, and and sort of what that learned because it was pretty incredible. I mean, we 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 started it overnight with no funding and grew to a million dollars. Like it was it grew, it was profitable from day one. There's a lot of things about it that just sort of didn't make sense, but in a lot of ways did because we were using smart why tools. Were you tr- why were you? Why were you? What sold you when you heard it to where boom you're in? And what were the keys that made it effective that quick? So, I mean, I, so I had been, I had become a voice in the sort of virtual assistant space at that point already um, because I just had done so much with it. I'd written so much. There were a lot of companies that I'd, I'd worked with so many different companies at that point. Um, so I knew a lot about the business and the company that went out of business. It was a very sudden thing. I had worked with them. Uh, I mean, I, I like, I had interacted with them and, uh, it's it's a long convoluted story about them, but basically it was like everything was fine on a Sunday, and then Monday morning the CEO just shut down the company without any knowledge or awareness. So what happened was I had a whole, I had a whole bunch of clients who had been using the company, and I was getting emails all day like, "Oh my God, what do we do? What do we do?" And I actually had virtual assistants who knew me contacted me looking for work, so I was kind of playing matchmaker all day. And then I had dinner with my friend, and we were talking about it. He's like, "Why don't you just start your own virtual assistant company?" And I remember uh, my wife was pregnant with our fourth child. So I was like, oh, I was like, we got, you know, we got the baby coming. Like things are good with less doing. 
And, um, you know, I, I don't know. And he was like, well, what if we do it together? I was like, okay, fine. But we got to do it quickly because <laughs> yeah. I'm going on vacation this weekend with the family. So we had two days basically to start the company. Uh, and we did. We actually did it. Uh, it was, to me, it was like, this is, this is bullshit. It's going to, it'll happen, but maybe it won't. It's fun. And uh, basically we started the company. We had, I think we had eight assistants within a couple of months and like maybe 20 clients. And then we went, I spoke at an event in Arizona that I had spoken at before. And it was a, it was a very high level event. And uh, they asked me to do a workshop on outsourcing. So I gave a half day workshop and I talked about the company and 60 people signed up that wow. day. Yeah. So it's like, and they were, these were like, these were important people. Um, so let's just say. So uh, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. We got a real business now. I remember like we were flying back my partner and I, and we had the Wi-Fi on the plane and stuff. So it was like, he was charging the car for like every 10 minutes. It was pretty amazing. Uh, and we were off to the races. And so then it, like, we started hiring like crazy and growing really fast. But the secrets, you know, the tips kind of a thing. One of them is that we were using all this off the shelf free software. We were automating the majority of the work that was being done. We weren't manually tracking people's times. We weren't manually building credit cards. Um, you know, so and my my job really my focus was people. So I was the one dealing with the team and the clients, and my partner was the one doing all the tech stuff and the behind the scenes and the the logistics. And uh, I don't know, it just worked really well. We were hiring some really amazing people, like giving them a lot of freedom to do what they want. Oh, and that was so. We also we created a system where it was basically a marketplace. So a client would put a task in, and any assistant. Who saw it could grab it and do it. Yeah, that's diversity of skills and also no limited bandwidth. Yeah, and how how quick or how far after that did you come to the replaceable founder uh, idea that became a book? So it's funny. It was actually we had a so we had a retreat for the company uh, after the first year. We had like fifty people at this. Uh, this farm in upstate New York, I think it was. And it was, it was very emotional in a way. Like we had a, we had a great team. We had a lot of like stay-at-home moms working for us. We had some, some disabled veterans. Like we just had people who had felt like they couldn't find a job that was meaningful and interesting for them and now had. Um, and it was really having a great impact. So it was like a very soulful kind of an event. And at the sort of final hour, I gave this talk to the group. And I basically, I was like, look, this company has become something bigger than me, bigger than us, uh, in, and it should continue to be that way. Uh, I said, I am replaceable. And I think it's the greatest gift that I could give you guys is that I am replaceable. Now, I didn't realize that, I don't know, six months later, I would leave the company, yeah. uh, which, which was... Um, a lot of people took that very hard and, and very badly. Uh, but it, it, it worked out quite well in the end. and. Um, it's true. It's like I had to make myself more replaceable. My partner was is, was single, and I think he still is single, and and you know didn't have any kids. I had a growing family and, and things like I had other obligations. I didn't want to be working hard or full time, rather. So I had to make myself more replaceable. And, and then and then and so then once I relaunched my offerings, the less doing and the coaching consulting, I knew that I needed to do another book. Uh, and we were trying to create this framework and this methodology that was not based on me and and 
whatever. And so Replaceable Founder became the one. Now, as you, uh, which is the book that had, you said it's your next book where you said you sit on your last 47 or something boxer messages. And uh, is that the book or is it the next one that's going to come out? No, it's the last one actually that came out already, which is called On Productivity. I don't, um, I don't have that here. So that's good. No, On Productivity. Yes. So um, I don't know if you, there's, there's two really amazing old psychology books. One is called On Killing. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a really interesting sort of treatise from the 80s, I think, or 70s, about basically how the uh, armed services are able to take a normal person and turn them into a killer, essentially. But it's it's just a, it's sort of like this film uh, of how that happened. So anyway, not the on same. On killing? It's, on it's killing. called on killing. It's called on killing. <laughs> so, um, the, so this is on productivity. This is supposed to be like the the word, my final word. But I don't want to or plan to write any more books on productivity because you said half a dozen. This is actually the twelfth book. Oh, really? Twelve? Yeah. So um, that's that's the one that was all boxer messages back and forth. What is your experience for people who, uh, you know, the whole thing? Uh, everybody wants to write a book. Uh, you know, writing a book can be a uh, a, a big positive. Uh, you kept on writing. Uh, how did you keep on writing? How has that informed your life as it is today and your outlook on the world? So, uh, yeah, I, I feel that, you know, like content production, con- content, con- creating content is like the greatest thing in my, I love it. And the truth of the matter is, is that I expose myself to so many experiences on a regular basis. Uh, that there's always something that comes up that I think that I can apply to business somehow. And what I'm, you know, what I'm referring to is I do the EM, EMS work. I do a lot of woodworking, which is the hobby I picked up in the pandemic and now has become right. way more than a hobby. I have my wife is pregnant with our fifth child right now, by the way. Congratulations. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm very involved with my kids. Uh, they do Taekwondo. I also do Taekwondo with them and I compete with them. So I'm actually, I was the, I placed first in the last competition for sparring. Like, so I, I just have a very diverse array of uh, interests and all the different groups that I work with expose me to a lot of stuff. Some of the EMS work that I do is in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, which for people who are not familiar, Trenton is the capital of New Jersey and is essentially a war zone. Uh, I, I don't know how a better way to describe it. It's it's very, very, very bad. There's a lot of drugs, a lot of gang activity. I wear a bulletproof vest when I do work there. And, wow. Uh, you know, I meet, you know, I meet I, people in very bad situations uh, who are in the worst situation of their entire life. Well, there's and a lot so- of those areas there in Jersey and Pennsylvania. My uh, My grandfather uh lived in camden my father grew up in camden there you go it's it's gone and it's gone way down it wasn't great when they were there but it's gone way down since then so uh but there's good people in all those areas too you know and so i'm sure you get uh i'm sure it's rewarding going in there and, and taking that risk so the taekwondo that's a good uh use of your time too because it gives you some defense against your own kids because I'm sure they're going to get bigger and better as we go and more rebellious. So I imagine it, it, it's, it's kind of a self-defense protection uh, mechanism knowing that dad was first 
in this last competition. <laughs> There's well, a lot. I also I boxed for 15 years, so I'm like I I, I have to keep up with them. <laughs> well, congratulations, Ari! Fantastic content. How can people reach you? And uh, how what, what do you how do you want them to reach you? You know, do you uh, you don't have the podcast anymore? So what are you using for uh, reach other than Voxer for your clients? If people want to find so I actually services. I, so I have I made a website boxwithre.com. So anybody is welcome to go watch that one minute and a half video or so, and you can reach out to me on Voxer and ask me any questions you want. And that's, I mean that, I, it's an open invitation and it will be me answering you, not a virtual assistant, not an automation. Uh, and that's that's the best place. If you if people want to find out more about the books and the courses and stuff, they can go to lessdoing.com. Yeah, so it is Vox with Ari. That's what it is? Yeah. Pretty cool. Congratulations on all you've accomplished. I tell you, I'm so proud of... Uh, you and what you're doing, and so grateful that in the country where we hear about so much bad, you know, we got people with uh, the fighting spirit like yourself who goes out there and accomplishes so much good and impacts so many others. Uh, and it's a ripple effect, Ari. So stay strong, man. Stay strong. Take care of yourself. Thank and, you very much. Uh, trust uh, between me and you, trust your darn instincts. Don't let anybody talk you off track, okay? <laughs> and so long as that. Call me anytime. Let's stay in touch. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.